I'd like to welcome you to this webinar entitled Social Media Bootcamp Session 3, Mastering Social Media Marketing for Your Practice. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, Alma Salazar with Align Technology. Alma, you now have the floor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our third Teenage webinar. As a reminder, during this webinar, we will be answering the questions that you have submitted to our inbox. We will also save 10 to 15 minutes at the end of today's webinar for additional questions. Like our previous webinars, our partners at Gold PR will walk us through the presentation. Let's go ahead and get started. Thank you, Alma, for that introduction, and welcome everybody to the next webinar in the Invisalign Teen Edge Social Media Live Q&A series. We're very excited to be here. We prepared a good set of topics that we're going to cover today. We'll talk about some upcoming Facebook updates and some best practices, tips and tricks for writing posts, and some additional best practices for social media marketing overall. And then we'll leave lots of time for a live Q&A for all of the other questions that we weren't able to address during this session. Quick introductions. If you haven't sat in on these webinars yet, my name is Jamie Eidsvold, and my co-presenter is Melissa Angert. We both work for Gold Public Relations, which is Align Technologies PR and social media agency of record for about the last eight years. We run social media content, campaigns, and all of the Invisalign and Invisalign teen social media platforms over the last seven years. I personally have also been speaking and training for Align Tech for about the last six years and training folks like yourself about social media and marketing in general. Very excited to be here and just want to remind you that, you know, we're both paid contractors for Align Technology. These opinions are all our own and come from our experience in the field of social media. So let's get started. We decided to open up our webinar today with a couple of updates. Facebook has been extremely busy over the last couple of months, making lots of tweaks and changes as usual. And I thought I would give you a quick tutorial on some of the newest updates and give you some ideas on how you can take advantage of them in your own marketing. So first and foremost, something brand new, the video cover image on Facebook. As most of you are probably familiar with, you're allowed to set a cover photo image on your Facebook page. Looks like the one you see right here on the screen. This is what a Facebook cover image looks like. This is Invisalign's Facebook page. Just recently, Facebook offered the availability to swap out your cover photo with a video. And that's been slowly rolling out over the past few months. About 80% of business pages now have this feature. In fact, we just recently did this and swapped out our cover photo for a video on the Invisalign page. I'll show you what we did. Once you add this video to your cover photo, it will autoplay when someone visits your page. Think about it in a sense of someone searching for your practice on Facebook. When they find your page, rather than just seeing an image, now they're going to see a video automatically play. And what that does is it immediately draws some attention to your page cover. So just a couple of quick tips on that. I think what's really interesting and unique about swapping out your photo for a video is that you can kind of tell your brand story. It gives you an opportunity to use video versus photo to tell a little bit more about your practice so that in the first introduction, the people that come to your page can really kind of get to know you a little bit better. Some tips and tricks on how to change your cover photo to a video. First of all, your videos can only be about 20 seconds to 90 seconds in length. 
but it's got to be a minimum of 20 seconds. So if you want to do like a really quick tidbit, you can just set it to loop for 20 seconds, or you can set it to loop for the full 90 seconds. They're going to be preset to have the sound muted. So when someone actually lands on your page, it won't play the audio automatically unless someone requests to turn the audio on. This is very similar to the way videos play in a newsfeed because, you know, most people are on their mobile phones and probably in public places. So Facebook automatically mutes the video sounds. You can add sound, but make sure that you don't need to rely on the audio to understand what the video is saying. And then the third tip is you need to apply the 20% text rule. Currently on your cover photo, you need to make sure that only 20% of that image has text and that most of the real estate is taken up by imagery. The same thing will apply with this video. You can't put a ton of copy over a video, um, otherwise Facebook will deny your video. If you want to understand how to swap this out, it's very easy. If you look over to the right, I took a screenshot. You're going to hover over the little camera icon when you log into your practices Facebook page and that will give you a drop down and it'll tell you you can either choose from photos or choose from videos if that feature is available to you. You're going to click choose from videos, select the video that you have on file, upload it and you're done. And if you don't see choose from videos, that really simply just means that the feature hasn't been opened up to you. Facebook says that this feature is going to be open to everyone within the next couple of months. So if you look and it's not available yet, just keep an eye on that. Um, and once it's available to you, you can go ahead and swap it out. So once again, Facebook cover video specs, just remember it must be 20 to 90 seconds in length. And the dimensions are going to be 820 by 312 pixels. As long as you have those set that way and you save it out as a movie file, you'll be all set to swap it out on your Facebook page. If you haven't done it yet, you need to go live. Facebook Live is the newest and best feature that I think Facebook has rolled out to brand pages. What is it? Facebook Live, in my opinion, is really just a great opportunity for you to bring some life to your Facebook page on social. It's a live stream video. It can be seen by all of your followers. And while you're live, your followers will get a notification that you're live. And if your followers tune in, their followers will get a notification that they're watching your video live. And the beauty of Facebook Live video is that it lives as content on your feed even after you've aired it. Going live at one point in time will continue to serve you as content throughout your newsfeed. So how does it work? Basically, you're just streaming live video. You can do it from a phone. You can do it from an iPad. You can do it from a Wi-Fi enabled camera. Basically, the viewers that are tuning in to your live broadcast can actually comment directly on the feed and ask you questions. They can share reactions, and that all happens live while you're broadcasting to them. So I wanted to give you a few tips because if you haven't tried Facebook Live yet, I highly recommend that you do it. Facebook wants as many people to go live as possible, so they will prioritize your live video in their algorithm which means that if you're live, they're going to show it to more people organically. So if you haven't done it yet, try it. I'm going to give you a couple of tips and then walk you through how to do it in a second. So number one, I think the most important thing to do is practice, practice, practice. If you're going to go live, it doesn't need to be scripted, but you definitely should do a dry run. You definitely should have an idea of what you're going to cover. Record it on your phone first as a video. Watch it over. Make sure your face looks good, the lighting looks good, all those things. The second tip is you need to pre-promote it. If you know you're going to go live on Tuesday at 3 p.m., start talking about that across all your social media channels. 
Let everybody know, hey, I'm going to be going live on Tuesday. Make sure you tune in. Pre-promote it on Facebook, but also pre-promote it across your other social media platforms. And then the third tip is nobody wants to get seasick while watching your live video. So definitely use a tripod or a selfie stick so that you can ensure you have a really steady camera. You can also go live on your laptop computer or your desktop or an iPad, but definitely if you plan to use your phone, use something that will help you keep the camera steady. The next tip is to make sure you have really good lighting. A lot of times people will go live and not think about having natural light or even some artificial light in the room and what that results in is a really poor quality video. So test your lighting before you go live. And the most important of these tips is to check your connection. High speed internet is an absolute must. Test your Wi-Fi connection. Make sure that everything else in your office is turned off before you go live. Disconnect all of the other devices that are hooked up to your Wi-Fi. Make sure you have the strongest connection possible and that will lead to a very smooth broadcast. A couple of ideas in case you want to try this out and go live. I brainstormed a bit about this and kind of came up with some ideas for you. Number one, behind the scenes works really well. Give them a peek behind the red curtain. Show them what your front desk looks like. Show them what your consultation room looks like. You can even give a tour. I think a great idea for that would be to walk them through what the Invisalign consultation process is like. Make sure you get consent from your patient first, written, of course, and then just show them how you do a consultation. If you have an iTero scanner, show them how easy it is to do a scan. Show them what you talk about and showing the ClinCheck. Give them a walkthrough of what it's like to be in your practice. Another great way to use live is to do a live Q&A. You can do that with your patients. You can do that with members of your staff. Sit down, set up the camera, and just do a quick Q&A session. Another way to use live is to announce a special or a promotion. If you're running a contest or you have a promo running, go live and announce it. It kind of adds to the drama and the excitement of it all. Or if you're running an event like an Invisalign day, go live and broadcast it. Make the audience that you're talking to much wider by broadcasting it live. And how-to videos and tutorials work really well for live videos. So, you know, giving some tips and tricks to your patients, um, such as how to clean your aligners. You can do a quick walkthrough, set up a little set for yourself in your office, and then go live. And then always, if you've got a good idea for an oh my God, funny video, we all remember the Chewbacca video. This is a great opportunity to try to get your video to go viral. So just a couple ideas there. Try it. There's no harm. If you didn't like the way the live broadcast went, you can delete it from your archive. Just try it out and see how it goes for you. There's three elements of going live. Number one is make sure you pre-promote the event on your page and cross-platform. If you are doing Facebook ads, I highly recommend you advertise and promote it to a wider audience. Number two, the video is going to be hosted on your page with your fans and friends getting notified. It'll also show on Facebook's live map. There's a great organic possibility to live video of making sure that all of your fans and their friends can see it. Lastly, remember that it will be archived as was live. They're archived as a post and anyone can access that video afterwards. And when someone comments or accesses the video afterwards, their newsfeed will get notified as well. So definitely plan for live video. You should produce it as part of your content calendar, pre-promote it. Live video can be anywhere from four seconds to 90 minutes long. You can plan it out and do short form videos, long form videos. 
see what works best for you. So I'm going to tell you how easy it is to go live. Going live is as easy as writing a status update, to be honest. Um, if you go to your Facebook profile or page and you open up the status bar, like you're going to write a post on your page, there's a little icon on the bottom. You'll see the red arrow there in the screenshot with a person, and then there's a couple of halos around him. That's the live icon. If you tap it, it will ask you for access to your camera and your microphone. And when you allow it access, it'll walk you through the process. Then when you're ready to go live, you're gonna press the continue button on the introductory page and then choose your privacy setting. For a public brand page, which is what your practice should be set as, the default will be public. Here's a quick tip. If you wanna test this out where only you can see it, you'll wanna go live on your own personal page. That will allow you to switch the privacy setting to only me. And this is not allowed on a brand page or your business page, only on personal pages. Do your dry run and then you can delete it afterwards and then go live on your business page after your test. Here's a really important step, step six. Make sure that you describe your live video in a very attention grabbing way because when people get notified on their timeline that a friend is watching your live video, they're gonna see the name and the description of that video. So make that description really compelling. So if someone sees it on their newsfeed, they're gonna to wanna to tune in. And then before you click that blue go live button, check your camera angle. Make sure that the camera view looks good, make sure the lighting looks good, and then you get to go live. And the last update I wanted to share with you is actually something that happened last week and it's brand new. So you're getting the inside scoop, but Facebook changed its guidelines on how to share links in your status updates. And I wanted to share this with you because it does affect your posting strategy quite significantly. And it did for the Invisalign Facebook page. How many of you have seen on your newsfeed an article that said, learn how to lose 25 pounds in 10 days, and you're intrigued and you click through and you find out that the article it's linking to has nothing to do with how to lose 25 pounds in 10 days, and it's actually selling a product. In an effort to get rid of that clickbait marketing, Facebook actually made some adjustments to the way that you can link out to articles. And I'm gonna show you what that means. As of July 26, that link information that Facebook pulls in, if you're sharing a link to your website, to a lead generation page, to an article, in the past, you used to be able to choose a different image. You could choose what the headline said, but now it's gonna pull all that information from the page you're linking to. So really the only thing that you can control when you're linking to another page is the actual status update that shows. So what this affects is the display link, the description of the link, and the photo that gets accompanied with the post. Just a quick note, this doesn't affect your ads at all. It only affects your organic posts. So what does that mean for you? That means you need to really carefully think about your curated strategy and the way that you choose articles to link to because now the articles you link to are gonna affect the way your newsfeed looks. It also means that when you think about your boosted post, you're gonna to wanna to boost for engagement versus clicks. If you wanna drive a click or a link to something, you should use an ad versus a organic or link post. That way you can still use your own image. And then really think about how you're gonna optimize your organic strategy versus your page strategy and think about them as two separate tactics. Let me show you an example of what this means and how it looks. 
So if you look on the left-hand side, this is the old way, and this is the way we used to do it for Invisalign. This isn't actually an ad. This is a post we would do. We were allowed to upload our own image, and then we created a headline and a description, and then we would use the CTA button that said learn more, and that would drive to the Invisalign website. In this sort of new update, we're no longer allowed to do that. On the right is a better example of what we can do. If we're going to upload a photo, we have to put a bit.ly link to the actual page that we're driving to versus the call to action button. So really, if you think about it and you look on the left versus the right, what Facebook's trying to do is help users differentiate what is truly an ad and what is an organic post that might drive off to an article. And that's all I have for you as updates. Melissa's going to dig into some Facebook business manager tips and best practices and answer some of your questions. Great. Thank you so much, Jamie. So in our next session, we're going to be talking about Facebook Business Manager and some best practices there. You know how we all love Business Manager. If you've been in any of our previous webinars, we always talk about the benefits of moving your page over to Business Manager. But of course, that means we've gotten a lot of questions lately about some best practices once you're in there. So we have some good questions that have come in this time. The first question is, what is the difference between Facebook Business Manager on your desktop computer versus mobile? Some people get really frustrated when they move over to Business Manager. A couple things change. After you claim your page in Business Manager, you can no longer moderate your page through the general Facebook browser either on your mobile device or on your computer or in the Facebook app. The only way that you will be able to manage your page is through Business Manager on your computer, which is business.facebook.com, or in the Page Manager app. This is a free app, and once you get around being annoyed that you have to download yet another Facebook app, I promise you will love this app. It has so many capabilities that will really make your life easier as you manage your page. Once you have your page in the app, you will be able to post updates, post photos, go live, respond to comments and messages, see insights. You can get notifications sent to your phone directly if you get a message or an inquiry. There's really only a couple of very specific page settings that are going to be unavailable to you on the mobile app. For example, last time we talked about adding tips to your page where you can let people know who come to your practice about the Wi-Fi password or parking situation or things like that. Those are the only kind of things that are not going to be available to you on your mobile device through this app. But in general, almost everything that you can do on the desktop will be available in the Page Manager app. So make sure that you download it onto your phone. Another question that we've been getting is, can you schedule content for a future date using the app? And yes, you can. It is very easy to do. It's actually very similar to scheduling content in the desktop. When you're in the Pages app, you can either post things immediately, you can schedule things ahead of time, or you can just save them as a draft if you want to go back and edit those later. It's the same as on the desktop. You're going to push the publish icon put in your photos, videos, status update, whatever you want to publish. And then instead of pushing publish at the top, that will publish your post immediately. On the bottom, there's three little dots surrounded by the circle right here. You click that and you have more options beyond just publishing immediately. You can schedule this for a later day. You can save something as a draft. Maybe you're not sure when you wanna schedule it. 
but it's a great way to get some great content ready when you're on the go. Another question that you can have access to in Business Manager is local awareness ads. And the question is, what are they and how can we set them up? It's so easy to set up these ads. Um, it's such a great way for you to reach out to the people who are already in your community and located nearby. You're going to manage those in your business manager. Go to your page and at the very bottom, you're going to see a blue promote button. When you click it, it'll give you a couple different options to promote your business. You're going to click promote your business locally and it sends you to this great screen. It's so easy to set up. You can decide on your radius based on where you are. You can do as small as a two-mile radius up to a hundred-mile radius, and that will determine, of course, how many people you might reach with your ad. So after you set up your radius of where you would like to have your ad shown, you'll set up the usual targeting that you'll see in ads. You can filter by age, by gender, by interest, all those things that you probably already have set up in your ads. You're just going to want to copy those over to your local ads. Then next, you write your promo post and choose a CTA, just the same way you would in a typical ad. One thing that is really cool in these local ads is if you use your call to action for call now and enter your phone number, when somebody on a mobile device is looking at this ad and they click call now, it's going to automatically dial your number through their phone. And since most people are going to be looking at your ads on a mobile device, this is a really neat feature that's available exclusively to local businesses. So next, you're going to set up your budget. Facebook has a great system of showing you roughly how much you're going to spend, how long you're going to do it, and how many people you're going to reach within that budget and within that duration. You're going to enter your payment information just like a typical ad. Click promote, and then that ad is going to be pushed out to all of those people who you've defined within that local radius. So another question we've been getting is, why should I claim my business's Facebook page? Sometimes the owner of the business is not the person who is in charge of a business's Facebook page. Sometimes there are more than one Facebook page floating around. So we're going to show you how you or maybe your office manager or whoever you determine can have access to your Facebook page so that you have control over your own page. This does happen a lot, different ways that you can lose control over your business's Facebook page. Maybe somebody who used to work for you created the page, but never shared it with the current office staff. Maybe people checked into your location before you started your business page. So now there's this unofficial page floating around that was created. Um, maybe you had an old Facebook account that nobody remembers the password to or multiple pages. This actually does happen a lot. The way that you can tell if you have an unclaimed page is when you go to the page, if you look in the corner here, it says unofficial page. So what that means is maybe people started checking in your practice before you started your page or they didn't know that you had a page. So they checked in at a different location. So underneath the call now button, there's three dots. And if you click these dots, it'll give you the option to claim your business. Once you claim your business, you have a couple different options. You can either verify this page and 
just kind of take it over and make it your official page. Or you'll have the option to merge this page with your official Facebook page. And that is completely up to you, depending where you are in your Facebook journey. Follow the instructions, fill out your information. You may have to verify this with either a phone call from Facebook to your official business phone number. You may have to send in a utility bill or something to prove that you really are the owner of this business. It only takes about 24 hours for Facebook to verify the page and you're able to claim it under your account. If you do have an unofficial page and an official page, how do you combine these pages into one? You are able to do this if you represent both pages, which is why you want to claim that page under your account. And if both of these pages have the same address or the same business name, you're able to merge these two pages together. Really simple process. You go to facebook.com slash pages slash merge. And when you're logged into your own account, it will automatically show all the pages that you are an admin for. You collect the two pages that you want to merge and click continue and request merge. Something to keep in mind is make sure you are using the right pages because once you do this request, you cannot undo it. This is something you can only do once. Make sure you double check and do it very carefully. So when your pages are merged, the people who like your pages are merged together into one group. Any check-ins at both locations will be combined into one group. But the posts and photos, reviews, and ratings of the page that's merged into the bigger page will be deleted. Make sure you're determining which page you want to merge into the other. If reviews are very important to you, you may want to merge the page with less reviews into the page with more reviews so that you can keep that valuable property that you have online. The page that you do not want to keep will be removed from Facebook and you will be unable to access it and unable to unmerge it. Because all those photos and posts are going to be deleted, make sure that you have them in another location because those will be gone. Should I be using keywords on my pages? Yes, using keywords on your pages is a great idea and definitely a best practice. Once you start using keywords in your social copy, especially as an orthodontist, you're going to want to be using keywords Invisalign, teeth straightening, orthodontist. Um, you're going to help yourself rise to the top of local searches. So step one, you want to select your keywords, start thinking about what things you want to stand out for. You look at Invisalign as a sample. We use um, teeth straightening system as one of our keywords. You can also sign up for a free Google AdWords account. In there, there is a keyword planner and you can see what keywords are really resonating with the audience that you're trying to reach, what keywords have less competition, more competition. It's just a great way to get started when you're just kind of dipping your toes into this space. And then you're going to want to use keywords in both your descriptions and your post copy. You want to try to incorporate it into a lot of different places. Like in Invisalign, obviously we use it in our descriptions. But if you look at our copy and our posts, we're also using those same keywords. When people are searching, our stuff is always coming up as top of mind. So a good format to try might be orthodontist in your city slash the name of your practice. So that if people are searching locally, you're going to rise to the top. 
Thanks, Melissa. Let's dive into our next section. Um, this is going to be all about tips and tricks for writing post content. We get lots and lots of questions about how to write a really good post. So we're going to give you a couple of tips and tricks in this next section. The first question we get quite a bit is, how do I know if my post copy is working? Is it effective? And the answer is, you got to look at your insights. Both Facebook and Twitter, and actually all of the social media platforms, have excellent insights and analytic tools attached to your account. So you really need to dig into those and then find the posts that are actually resonating the best with your audience. They're all free and are attached to your account. So here's an example of what Facebook Insights looks like. When you dig into the post insights in your business manager, you'll see the list of all of your most recently published posts. So you'll see that here on the right. You see I circled in red. I can easily pick out which posts got the most traction. The three that I circled had, you know, 11, 12, 13,000 people that it reached because it got lots and lots of engagement on the post. So then what I would do is drill down into those posts and figure out what was it that I was sharing? What was the insight of the way that I wrote the post? What worked to get that engagement? You basically want to start creating more posts that follow that format and really test and learn and see what resonates the best. Here's an example of what you can do in Twitter. If you log into analytics.twitter.com, you can access the analytics backend of your Twitter account. There's a little toggle that allows you to look at your top tweets. So they'll tell you how many impressions those tweets got, how many engagements, and what your engagement rate was. The higher your engagement rate, the better your tweet performed. So I'd look at the ones that had the highest engagement rate and go, what did I do here? Why was it that, you know, someone decided to retweet or comment or reply back? Next question is, how long should my post be? And, you know, this has changed quite a bit over time. And I'm going to share with you sort of what's best practice in the here and now and what's been working for us. On Facebook, you want to think about short and sweet. You can write a post as long as you'd like. There's no character limit. But I will tell you that shorter posts get about 23% more interaction. People have very busy news feeds. They're scanning very quickly with their finger. So you really want to grab their attention in the shortest amount of time possible. We always aim to have our posts be about 90 to 150 characters long. We always include some kind of a call to action. So whether that's asking a question, asking them to share, asking them to comment, or asking them to click on a link, there's always a call to action on every post on, on our Facebook page. Now on Twitter, we have a little bit more of a limitation. So as you all know, tweets must be 140 characters or less. So keeping your message concise is very important. And if you really want to aim to have people retweet, you should actually aim that to be about 120 characters in length, because then when you retweet, your whole message will be intact. Definitely focus your tweets on a call to action. Don't load up on a bunch of distracting hashtags. That just takes up space. Maybe choose one and then use a link shortener. Bitly works great because then you can actually track your clicks and it's free as well. Next question, how can I start using hashtags? By adding a hashtag, it allows people to index and find your post. The way that people use hashtags is they, a lot of times will search a popular hashtag or search a hashtag that they're interested in, and then they're going to search the conversation that's happening around that hashtag. 
I think that over time, people have really overused hashtags. And I think there's a multitude of ways to use hashtags. But if your goal is to get better reach from your posts, I think you have to think about hashtags differently on each platform. For example, there are multiple types of hashtags. And in case you don't even know what a hashtag is, it's a phrase or a word that is preceded by the pound sign or the hashtag mark. A lot of times people will either use it to add humor to their post or to identify a keyword or topic of interest to facilitate a search for it. So in my opinion, there are three types of hashtags. There's brand hashtags, which would be for us, we use in hashtag Invisalign. You want to create just one brand hashtag. I think a big mistake people make, there's just so many different hashtags out there. You want to really curate the conversation about your brand using one business hashtag and use it everywhere. So example, I think for the most part, you should use the name of your practice. So hashtag Main Street Ortho or Main Street Smiles. And if that's going to be your brand hashtag, use that on everything. Now, if you want to use hashtags to help to reach a bigger audience, then you would start pulling in local hashtags. And that would be something that is really relevant to the local audience. There's a tool called Trends Map, and you can actually go to this site, it's free. It'll give you a visual map around a geographic area of what the hashtag trends are. So as a local business, I think this is a really great way to look for some of the trending hashtags in your local city. You have to do some searching and you have to do some testing, but hashtag the name of your city, hashtag the name of your zip code, things like that get a lot of traction and that might be a way to get in front of some local patients that might want to come into your practice. And then lastly, there are industry hashtags and these are much bigger, highly used hashtags. You're welcome to always use hashtag Invisalign. There's tons of conversation going on there that you can participate in. Hashtag Invisalign Smile is the way that we source all of our user-generated content. Some other popular ones, hashtag braces, hashtag orthodontics, hashtag teeth straightening. Those are all very popular and get a lot of traction as well. Now, where to use them is really important. So if you look in the chart on the left, for Facebook and Twitter, engagement on a post actually goes down when you use more than one or two hashtags. So I would highly recommend just focusing hashtag usage on Facebook and Twitter to limit it to one hashtag, two at the most. Because the more hashtags you give people, the more opportunities they have to click off versus engage with your post. The opposite is true for Instagram. With Instagram, the more hashtags you use, the better your engagement. Instagram is definitely a platform where you want to use a lot of those industry and local hashtags. So engagement actually increases with more hashtags, and that peaks about nine. No more than nine, but all the way up to nine is really good for an Instagram post. Where to use them? On Facebook and Twitter, you can actually use them creatively in your post copy. So you'll see on the left, we said, you know, share a pic with hashtag 1 million teen smiles and we'll donate a dollar. So put the hashtag as part of your post copy so it doesn't add any characters. Another way to do it is you can just kind of tack it on at the end of your post like we did on the post on the right. So we used our UGC hashtag after the post copy. Now on Instagram, there's some really tricky and creative ways. I think the last thing you want to do is dump a ton of hashtags on your Instagram post because it looks a little spammy. So one trick that we do is we'll write the post with a couple of hashtags and then we'll comment on that post with all of our other hashtags that will help us get engagement. So that way the main post isn't littered with hashtags 
and then we get some extra engagement. If you look on the right, our friends at Studio City Ortho try another tactic, which is also works really well, is they'll separate and bury their hashtags underneath their post so that it's not shown when you first see the post, but the hashtags are there for search value. So you can try either one of these tactics. They both work really well. They also help your posts on Instagram to be found. And with that, I'm going to hand it over for our next section to Melissa on social best practices. Okay, thanks, Jamie. So we have just a couple things to share with you that we think will really help you optimize what you're doing on social. So the first question we get all the time is, how do I create content that people will engage with? Now, the tricky part is that this is different for every page and every brand and every individual person, but there's some general things that you can do that will up your chances of getting really high engagement on your posts. So the first one is be visual. Posts with photos get around 53% more likes, 104% more comments, and 84% more click-throughs than just a text post. So there is no denying that adding a photo or video to your post is going to be one of the top ways that you can increase your engagement. The second thing is to be authentic. Testimonials, stories from your patients, stories from your staff, stories from you, all of those things make great content that will resonate with your audience because these people are local to you. Another tip is to start a conversation. You know, get a conversation going, ask a question, ask their opinion, ask their recommendation. All of those things are more likely to get responses and comments and more likely to get shared in your feeds. So one thing to remember is that if somebody comments on your post, that post will be pulled into that person's newsfeed and newsfeed of their friends. So it's a great way to organically get more engagement and more reach through your posts. Similar to that is to add a call to action. If you really wanna keep people engaged for things like likes and comments, the more people are engaging on your post, the more Facebook is gonna reward your post with more organic reach. So the more people are commenting and clicking and liking, the more people are gonna see it because their friends are gonna see it, when those friends comment on your post, their friends are going to see it. And then their friends are going to see it. It's a really good way to just get the most bang for your organic content. Another thing to think about is to really think local. What local events or traditions or holidays or local news stories can you tap into? Because you're really thinking local with this type of Facebook marketing, you want to try to piggyback as much as you can on what your people are already talking about. This is an example, this is an orthodontist. They sponsored the local turkey trot. It's a local tradition that a lot of people in the town do. And they tagged the trot off your turkey 5K in their post. And so what happens is everybody who's fans of that page will see your post. And it's just a great way to engage with what people are already talking about. So similar to what we just talked about in thinking locally, think of different ways that you can incorporate other local businesses, other local places into your Facebook feed as a way to expand your reach organically. For example, if you're going to a school for a career day, you can tag that school in your post and that post will appear on that school's timeline. If you're talking about a local event that you're participating in, are you sponsoring a little league team that you can tag in one of your posts? Are you working with an influencer who you can tag and 
gain your reach that way. Getting tagged and working with other pages to expand on their reach is a great way to expand your reach organically. Big question, should I be posting the same content on multiple platforms? So it really depends on where your audience is active because each of the social platforms has different requirements and it has different audiences and kind of works a different way. So we're going to show you a couple of ways that you can do this. Cross-posting is referring to when you're really posting the exact same thing on all the different channels. It is easier. It saves time. It's a little bit less work. But the problem is that, you know, the same content doesn't necessarily perform well across all the different platforms. Some of the platforms have different sizing requirements or different limits on how long your post can be. So if you're just kind of pushing everything out at once, it may not be optimized to get the highest amount of engagement. So cross-promoting is when you are using the same content, but making unique messages for each social media channel. It's much more effective and you will have bigger reach, but it is a little bit more time consuming, but we're gonna show you what cross-promoting looks like. So you can kind of get a picture of what that is. Here's an example of one way that we do this for Invisalign. So you can see it's the exact same asset, although it is resized for each platform. The Instagram asset is a square, Invisalign, um, Twitter, and Facebook is a rectangle. So everything is sized appropriately for that platform. So it'll look the best that it can. Um, they also have different lengths of the post. They're kind of tweaked a little bit to be the most effective on that particular platform. And then also with cross-promoting, one thing that's a huge advantage of doing your content this way is that you can stagger your posts because as we've talked about in previous webinars, the best time to post on each platform is very different. So this way you can really make sure that you're getting your content on the right platform at the right time in the right format, but it's not quite as much work as having to do all new content for all the different platforms. And the next question is, how many times should I be posting weekly? So this really varies based on the size of your page and what platform you're talking about. The best way to start out is to look at how much time you have to put into social media and then break it up. How often to post? Your best bet is to look at your Facebook insights and Twitter analytics, as we've shared before. That will show you what day most of your followers are online. It will show you what times they're online so you can see when are the best times to post. But as far as how often, as for Facebook, for most companies with less than 10,000 followers, Posting one to five times a month saw their engagement double. So when you have a smaller audience, actually less tends to be more. Instead of trying to put out multiple Facebook posts a day, it'd be more effective for you to put out fewer posts that are more engaging, better visually, and with a stronger call to action. So you want to focus on quality there on Facebook. As for Twitter, the average lifetime of a tweet is only 18 minutes. So you really wanna make sure that you're looking at your analytics to see what time your followers are online to get the highest amount of engagement. Usually with Twitter, you wanna send between one to three tweets per day. But don't forget, because the lifetime of a tweet is only 18 minutes, you really can reuse your Twitter posts quite often. So you can do a generic Twitter post like, 
or you're looking for teeth straightening or you're looking for Invisalign in this area, give us a call, set up a free consultation. A generic tweet like that, you can schedule that same tweet to go out every week. You can schedule that same tweet to go out every two weeks and really get a lot of leverage out of your Twitter posts that you've written because there's such a short lifespan of those tweets. Thanks, Melissa. So what's next? That concludes our presentation today. We're going to open up for live questions and answers in just a minute. But I did want to reiterate that you can send any new questions that you have to the support at InvisalignTeenEdge.com email address. This is where we source all the questions to decide on what content we present to you in these webinars. We'll tackle all the questions that you send through to this email address and build another presentation to answer them. Just note that don't send any very specific or technical questions to that email box. We're not set up to respond back to those individually. That was designed just for us to source some questions to answer in these presentations live. So please mark your calendars for our next session, October 6th, 2017, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And please stay tuned for the live Q&A where we'll be taking your questions. And with that, I'll hand this back over to Alma. Thank you all for your participation and attendance. Gold, thank you very much for sharing your expertise with us. Our next webinar is on October 6th. Please make sure you block it on your calendar. Lastly, remember to submit your questions at support at invisalignteenedge.com. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks ladies for a great presentation. Before we move into Q&A, I would like to point out the event survey URL that's on your screen via the pop-up window. You can access the survey here or by clicking the resources widget at the bottom of your screen and selecting the survey URL. To obtain your CE credit, you must complete the event survey. Once you complete the survey, you'll have immediate access to your CE certificate. At this time, the floor is open for Q&A. If you haven't already, please submit your text questions using the Q&A widget and the team will respond to your questions verbally as time permits. At this time, I'll hand the floor to Jamie and Melissa for Q&A. Thanks, Sydney. Thanks for everyone that stuck around um, to get some questions answered. And I wanted to address a question that Jenna Finn sent in during the presentation about boosting posts. And I thought it was a really good question. And, um, and her question was, um, you know, what's the real difference between boosting a post versus running a paid ad on Facebook? Um, and that's actually a really great question. Um, when you boost a post, that boost happens on the front end of your Facebook newsfeed, meaning that that post is seeing, like someone just clicks over to your page, they will see that post in the newsfeed. And when you boost it, you're really boosting that post um, for engagement. So you want more people to see it. Because as we've mentioned before in some of our previous um, webinars, um, you know, organic reach is very, very small. There's only a small percentage of people when you post your page that actually see your content. So a really good best practice is to reserve a little bit of money and boost all of your posts on your page um, for engagement. So that, you know, on the front end, it looks like there are people engaging with your content. Now, when you run a paid Facebook ad, you can actually run the same post that you're running, that you posted on your page as an ad. 
Um, but we call that dark social, which means that that ad that you run does not get posted to the front end of your Facebook page, but it does get pushed into people's news feeds. Um, so the reason why you know you, you want to maybe run things as ads is maybe you want to run the same ad like over and over and um, or every other month. You don't have to post that to your page. It can run in news feeds um, and drive either a click to your website or a click to call or um, a, a lead submission, things like that. So there's a place for both of them. Um, you can use the same content between boosted and, and paid ads, um, but there's kind of a different goal for each of them, if that makes sense. Okay, another question that we have been getting is, um, you know, Facebook Live is all the rage right now. Everybody wants to try it. But a question a lot of people have is, you know, what happens to my live video when it's not live anymore? And um, so what happens after you complete your live broadcast on Facebook, you'll have the option to publish the video to your page. Um, for all of your fans who missed it, they can watch it at a later time. Um, you'll post it just like a regular Facebook status update, and the video can live there. You can remove it at any time. Um, what's really cool about this option is that while um, Facebook does not allow you to boost live streaming, um, you are able to boost your, um, your completed live stream after it's done um, when you use it as a post on your site. So it kind of... Um, can help you get a lot more uh, views on your live sessions, get a lot more views and engagement on your site. So um, one thing that's also really neat that you can do um, with your Facebook live sessions after they're complete is um, you can save the video that you made um, on your device if you're using your phone or your computer or iPad or whatever. Um, and then you can um, save it just as a video file. It'll be saved as an MP3 file. And um, you can have that live on your website or your blog as well. So you really can get a lot of mileage out of that live broadcast. It doesn't just live during those five minutes that it's live on Facebook. Okay, and then an, a question live here from Michelle, uh, or actually Jackie. Um, she asked, we ask our new patients how they heard about our office. How do we ask them if it was specifically from a Facebook ad? So the really good thing about running your Facebook ads is that you're going to get some really good analytics. Um, if your Facebook ad uh, links to a lead gen form or whatnot, um, you'll be able to see you know, who actually signed up or, or who gave you their information. Um, I think that you know, a lot of times the, the best way is if you have someone who's answering your phone in the office. Um, I think that their first question or before they hang up and scheduling an appointment should be, you know, how have you heard about us? And and if they say online, you have to kind of drill down a little bit deeper and say, um, you know, was it on, um, did you do a Google search? Did you um, see an ad in your Facebook feed? Um, but your ad manager is going to really show you how many eyeballs you're reaching um, how many people clicked on it, how many people engaged in it. Um, so you get some of that data as well um, so that you can understand if your Facebook advertising is really driving um, new people into your office. 
Another great way to kind of really track the conversion of your Facebook advertising is drive into a page where you collect some information. Um, and sometimes you can offer them something of value like, you know, uh, five questions or tips before you come in or something like that and literally just ask them for an email address. And you can kind of match that back, um, and that's a really good tactic as well, or at least get their name and phone number in a, in, in a lead gen form of some sort. All right, great question. Uh, um, another thing that we've been seeing quite a bit of is um, I, um, Facebook recently introduced the option to do a cover video instead of a cover picture on your profile, and it's, it's a really cool option. Right now, probably about 80% of pages have this option. So you'll know that you have this option as your page. Um, when you look at your page, um, and you'll see at the top, you know, wherever you change the Facebook cover photo, if you have the option to do a video, you'll, you'll see that option right there. Um, so there are some specific requirements for this page video. It needs to be between um, 20 and 90 seconds long, and it needs to be a particular size. It's not a full video size. It's like a little bit narrower than that. So people have been asking, you know, how do I, you know, how do I make my video the right size? So um, after you film the video that you would like to use for your Facebook cover video, there's a couple easy programs that you can use that allow you to edit and cut your video to meet Facebook's new requirements for cover videos. So on a PC. Windows Movie Maker is a great option. It's free. It's very easy to use. Um, you can edit for time and size and length, all that stuff. Um, on a Mac or even if you just want to download it onto your iPad or iPhone as an app, iMovie is also a really great option. Um, you know, but if that's just too advanced for where your office is, if you think, you know, editing videos is not something you want to tackle, once you upload your video onto Facebook, you actually do have a couple of options um, to place the video where you want it. So you can kind of decide how you want it to look cropped on the page. Um, there's also a button just that you can press that allows you to loop the video so that it just keeps replaying and replaying. So you don't have to actually um, know how to do that when you're um, when you're editing your video yourself. So. Um, if you're if you're you know if you're trying to figure out how to do it, you are going to be able to um, upload your video and play with it without putting it live, which is a really helpful option as you're trying to troubleshoot um, how you want things to look. So as you're doing um, as you're uploading it and testing out different options, just don't push publish, and you'll be able to kind of play with how it looks, what the sound sounds like, where you're cutting it, how you're editing it. Um, and even just if you're going to do it on Facebook, you have a lot of options to edit. Okay, I'm going to give you an answer to a question that I get asked personally all the time. Um, and a lot of times um, after we do live sessions um, with all of you, um, one of the most popular questions that come up is, you know, someone will show me, hey, I just created this ad and it got rejected by Facebook. Um, and, you know, do you know why? Um, so we actually get this, this happens to us all the time, even for Invisalign um, and a lot of the brand pages that we manage. Um, 
The first thing to check is um, Facebook has a 20% rule, and so does Instagram as well, on any image asset you're going to use for an ad. So if you're trying to create an ad that has like tons of words on it and um, lots of information, um, if it doesn't have less than 20% of that image as copy, Facebook will reject it. They don't want people's news feeds to get spammed with a lot of kind of copy-heavy information. So really a best practice is to, you know, a lot of times you can rely on just a really great image to capture some attention and like a learn more or, um, you know, ask us how, things like that. Um, and then put the uh, detail in your post copy um, or on the page that you want to link them to. Um, and that's a really good way. Another reason why, um, especially in the medical field, um, that um, ads might get rejected is um, you can't assume that somebody has a medical condition. And that's, this is a very strict one um, that Facebook enforces. So if we ever say, hey, need your teeth straightened, or, you know, hey, are your teeth bothering you? Um, and anytime you want to, like, ask a person um, a question about, you know, their health, Facebook will definitely reject that type of content as well. So you have to get a little creative in the way you copyright um, your ad copy and any kind of copy you put on top of an image so that um, you really kind of tell them what you need to tell them without assuming that the person who's receiving the ad um, is going to feel like you're targeting them because they have a certain type of medical condition. So that's a really good tip and trick because we've, um, we've gotten a lot of ads rejected because of that. Um, also, when your ads do get rejected, there is a chat box in Facebook Business Manager where you can actually chat with Facebook support. And a lot of times, if you want to know why um, why you your ad got rejected, you can definitely reach out and you can ask Facebook for more detail. Most times, they'll give you a pretty generic answer um, of why. But if you need to understand a bit deep, deeper, you can use the chat functionality um, and message Facebook, and, and they'll give you a bit more detail if it's available. Um, also, it's good to for you to know that you know sometimes when you first submit your ads, um, there is kind of an automated screening process for your ads, and if you pass through the first screen, um, they'll let you publish it. But if people start reporting your ad, and Facebook also has people that manually go through ads, there is a, a chance that your ad could run for a little while and then it'll get rejected um, later. So you really kind of have to just pay attention um, and check in and make sure you're keeping track of whether or not your ads are getting rejected um, and resubmit. And a lot of times you can just make a small little tweak to the copy and resubmit it and it'll get accepted. Yeah, one thing just to piggyback off what Jamie was saying, just a quick thing that we noticed um, when we're doing this is sometimes you just, it's just as simple as changing the word you to the word the. You know, if, if your smile, you know, makes you feel not confident or to changing it to if, you know, your smile, uh, sorry, <laughs> change it to, you know, smiles can make everyone more confident. You know, just trying not to narrow in on a single person, sometimes that helps your ads get approved. 
So um, another question that we've had come up um, this last round is, um, what are the benefits of verifying my page, and do I need to do that? So um, the difference between a verified Facebook page and an unverified page is just a little check mark next to your page's name. There's a gray check mark if you're a local business or an organization. There's a blue check mark if you're like a celebrity or a public figure or like a really big brand like Invisalign. Um, so the biggest benefit of getting verified is that um, when Facebook rolls out new features like that we were just sharing about, um, verified pages tend to get access to these things first. So if you, it's really important to you to be on, you know, trying the newest things and getting access to all the newest things. And being a verified page is a great um, thing to have in your arsenal. Um, the secondary benefit is that um, often verified pages will show up in searches a little bit higher because Facebook has already reviewed your page. It's already um, verified who you are. So you're more likely to show up as people search locally, um, especially as a local business. So um, all you have to do um, in order to do this, if you do qualify for a verified page, in your page settings, there will be a, um, a section called verification and you click on it and it says verify my page. And all you will need to do is put in either your business's publicly listed phone number um, so that they can call and confirm that you know, this is the number that's publicly listed for your business and they'll give you a PIN to put in and confirm that you, know, you are who you say you are. Um, if you can't do that for some reason, you can also do submit a business document like a um, tax bill or a phone bill or something with your um, your name and your address on it. And usually it takes about um, three or four days for Facebook to go in. They do manually verify that um, everything is set up properly and that this really is your page. And then um, you'll either see that, that little gray check mark next to your name or you'll get a letter um, or, sorry, an email from Facebook explaining um, why your request to verify was rejected. Okay, another advertising-related question, um, as I know that's definitely a hot topic, um, is, you know, I get a lot of other questions that say, you know, why is my ad campaign not performing well, or how do I optimize it um, so that I can continue to see some good performance? Um, there's typically, and you know, when you log in to your Facebook business manager or look at the, the ad campaign on the back end, Facebook will definitely let you know um, that it's not performing. Um, and the second you start seeing your campaign, like the metrics on your campaign start to dip, you need to make a couple of optimizations ASAP. Either pause the ad, turn it off, make some tweaks, or, you know, you can kind of look at, like, is the audience um, wrong or too specific? So really there's, in my opinion, like three real root causes um, to why ad campaigns don't perform that well. Um, number one is your either your image or your copy is just not compelling. Um, people are just, you know, scrolling right on by. It's not compelling enough to make them stop. Um, maybe you have too much text in your ad copy. Um, 
So, you know, Facebook actually gives you like a relevancy score on your ads, and that's based on, you know, how many people are really clicking on it. Um, and the more that people interact with your ad, the, the more often they'll give you priority to show it to more people. The second is your targeting. So, you know, it's not only about your advertising creative, it's also about how you're targeting your ad. So, you know, when you get really, really specific, um, on, you know, the attributes of the audience you want to target, that pool of people that see your ad become much, much smaller. And sometimes that's a great trade-off, um, but other times you're kind of alienating some potential people. So, um, you know, if you're really kind of honing your things in around your zip code and um, a small radius around it, that pool of people is going to be very small, and as they keep getting served the same ad over and over, they're going to tune you out. So, you know, to combat that, you want to refresh your creative on a regular basis. You know, you have to keep an eye on, and you, you know, your one ad might run great for 30 days and then will just plummet after that. Um, that means that you have creative fatigue and it's time to refresh your creative. So another question, um, jumping off, kind of what Jamie was just talking about is we get asked about, we keep talking about this 20% rule that Facebook has, that um, assets and ads cannot have more than 20% text on them. And Facebook actually just launched this new program. It is so helpful. Um, it's called the Creative Hub. And you find it, it's um, www.facebook.com slash ads slash creative hub. And when you go in here, um, you can actually pre-upload all of your images, all of your posts, and you can get that kind of information that Jamie was just talking about, um, like whether or not your asset has too much text, whether or not what you, they think your relevancy score might be. Um, but it will actually um, tell you all of this information before you waste money on an ad that might not perform very well. So it's a great way to really see how your ad's going to look in the news feed. You can preview it. On mobile, on desktop, even on Instagram, if you want to, you know, cross advertise over there. Um, but it's particularly helpful with um, with assets, helping you determine whether or not there's too much text on them. It has an actual grid, and it will um, it will scan your image and let you know whether or not it obeys that rule. So it's a really helpful tool, especially as you're just learning um, what type of ads um, you want to run. And that just about wraps up our time on the hour. Um, thank you so much for um, attending, and we look forward to seeing you um, the next time. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time that we have for today. A couple of reminders before we close out. You must complete the event survey in order to obtain your CE for this webinar. An archived version of the webinar will be made available soon, so look for an email with detailed information once the archive is available. Thank you for attending today's event brought to you by Align Technology. Have a great day.